Now this morning, I want you to put your steel-toed shoes on. Because I might step on your toes. Uh And I don't want to hurt you. Okay? And this is going to be for the older generation like me or the younger generation like some of y'all. Okay? So I'm just warning you. I'm giving you a a heads-up warning. So we're going to talk about sourdough bread. Oh, baby. You're never going to think of sourdough bread the same after today. So, if you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, some of you have old-fashioned Bibles, and some of you have more electronic Bibles. Back in the day, all we had was old-fashioned Bibles where you turn and you would hear a bunch of pages turning. We don't hear that anymore. All you hear is click, 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 (laughs) click, click. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says this, to everything there is a season. Say the word season with me. Season. Season is an important word. Do you realize that our world revolves around seasons? There's fall, Winter, spring, and summer. Yes? So in the wintertime, I don't wear my bathing suit. I need to be in the season that I'm in. Does that make sense? So sometimes we get confused. Because the older generation sometimes thinks about seasons past. In 1965, the Spirit of God fell. That's great. That's awesome, and we need your stories, old generation. But when did the Spirit of God fall in the season that you're in right now? Now, the younger generation sometimes get caught up in seasons that haven't come yet. And you need to just wait for that season. Enjoy the season that you're in. So, 5 o'clock this morning is um, Tony and Bree here. Where do you guys sit? Are you guys here this morning? Stand up. Oh, five o'clock this morning. Scripture says that he counsels us in the night. This young couple's getting married on August the 5th. And I have the privilege of officiating at their wedding. Now, my job as a pastor is not to prepare them just for a day. Which, the day is important. But my responsibility is is to help them prepare for a lifetime. Because it's not I do until we don't like each other. Right? It's for all seasons of life. This is a wonderful season. And I want to tell you, the last pre-marriage session that we had together impacted me in an incredible way. To the point that it woke me up in the morning. Thinking about you guys and the decision that you have made and are making in this season in your life for your future. And how the character of that decision is being played out in your lives in a very real way right now. I want to tell you that God is going to honor that in your marriage and in your life. He's going to renew and restore things that the the enemy meant to rob you from and destroy. He's going to bring life to it. And it's going to be a foundation for your marriage and for your life for the rest of your life. And so I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you. I'm so in, in tune with you. And, and what a wonderful day that's going to be when the two of you become one in his sight. In Jesus' name. Could you give it up for them? God bless you guys. 
And then there's Seth and Micaiah. Where's Seth? Is he, is he somewhere? You know, there was a season when it was just the two of you, right? And that was a wonderful season, wasn't it? That just a, but now you got Jameson. Honey, that's a new season, isn't it? It's a different season. Oh, here comes Seth. Here comes Daddy. There's just something about this new season in your life that changes everything. You know what you understand in this season? Is you understand how the Father God loves you and how he gave himself for you, of how he died for you, and now how you can, you would die for your son, would you not? 100%. And you really don't understand that until you're in this season. Can I tell you, as an old guy, this season will pass quickly. So enjoy every moment of this season with him because you can't relive them. You can't recapture them because all of a sudden your son is 30. And all of a sudden your son has kids. I mean, our son, he's visiting this weekend and, and they got three kids. And it's like, how did that happen? It's just so back to everything. There is a season. So live in the season that you're in. Enjoy the season that you're in. You know, I've never been in this season in my life before. I've never been as old as I am. You can fight it or you can embrace it. Because there's something God wants to do in and through you in the season that you're in, in the age that you're in. Don't throw it away. A time for every purpose under heaven. So what are those different seasons? Well, the next one goes on to say, there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. We have no say in the day we're born. We have no say in the day that we die. But there's a time for that to happen. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. There's a time to break. There's a time to build. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, to dance, to cast away, to gather, to gain, to lose, to keep, to throw away. You know, we're in a season right now of throwing away in, in this season. And sometimes the wife, my wife, throws away things without consultation with the other part of her season. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I was, I was putting up some license plates in our garage. I have license plates. I have a beautiful collection of license plates. And some of them are mysteriously missing. And so I went to the Sanhedrin, and I asked the Sanhedrin, I said, did the Sanhedrin make a decision without part of the people being there? Because some of them are no longer available. And the Sanhedrin pleaded the fifth. There's a time to tear, there's a time to sow, there's a time to keep silent, and there's a time to speak. There's a time of war, and there's a time of peace. And listen to this. After all that, it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything is beautiful in its own time, like the starry summer night. I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> but isn't it in every season, whatever season you're in, it's beautiful. Recognize the beauty of the season that you're in. Amen. For he has placed eternity in our hearts. Do you know that there's people in our world, there might even be people here today, that are looking for purpose, that are looking for truth, 
that are looking for something authentic. You know what? In whatever season you're in, God wants you to use that season to help direct people to eternity, to purpose, to something that is meaningful, that will be something significant for the rest of their life. There must come a time when we identify with the season that we're in. You know, people today are just into identify. Identify as a whatever. Okay, please identify the season that you're in and love it and embrace it. Individually, the season in your life, we must embrace where we're at. Individually, as a church, we must embrace the season that we're in. As a culture, we must embrace the season that our culture is in. How many of you love breakfast? I love breakfast. I love to go out for breakfast. I have some great breakfast places that I go to. Say, what's so great about breakfast? Well, it's not the eggs. It's not the bacon or the sausage or the ham. I'm going to tell you what breakfast is. It's the toast. Not multigrain, not wheat, not white, not rye, but sourdough. There's something about sourdough for breakfast. The crunch, crunchy, the crunchy bread. It's got to be crunchy. Not soft and milk toasty, but crunchy. There's a tang with it, and you put some raspberry preserves on it. Not jam, not jelly. Preserves on it, and it is yummy. Let me tell you. Classic, the classic sourdough sandwich is this. Next one. Grilled cheese. (laughs) Come on, baby. That's what I'm talking about. There's something about the crust in a grilled cheese. See, that crust, the grilled cheese sandwich really represents the different generations. Did you know that? So the next time you have a grilled cheese sandwich, sourdough sandwich, see, the top part represents the older generation. Crunchy, kind of a little crusty. Kind of old, and it's been cooked, it's been toasted, you know, it's been well taken, you know what I mean? Now, then then there's the cheese part, that's the gooey stuff. That's like the middle generation of y'all. Just a little gooey, and it kind of drips all over the place, and you know, kind of stuff like that. And then there's the bottom part, the bottom part, well, it's a little soft, it's not as crunchy, and, you know, they still haven't learned everything. They're still a little bit wet behind the ears, and there's, there's, they, they just aren't the top crust yet. They're really the bottom of it, and so there's something about that that's really understanding of the generations. Do you realize that for the first time in history, there's four generations of people in the workplace at the same time? That presents some challenges because there's four generations that actually end up speaking four different languages. And some of the languages are different where we don't understand each other. There's, there's words that we use that mean something different to different generations. It's like we're from different countries. And, and what we end up doing with these, with these four generations is we look at a different generation and we blame them for the way they are, and we criticize them, and we call them, or we judge them, and we condemn them. The older generation looks at another generation, and they say things like, oh, you're lazy, you snowflake. <laughs> Kids today, 
Haven't we done that? And we say things like, when I was a kid, we walked to school barefoot. In the snow, uphill, both ways. Bless God. Kids today got it so easy. Helicopter parents. You know you're old. You'll recognize, you know you're old when you go to a store and you buy a perfectly brand new pair of blue jeans and it has holes in it or wear marks in it. <laughs> Give me a honking brick. Why would anybody buy a pair of jeans that's already got holes in it? I get holes after I've worn it for a couple, three years. I make the holes myself. I don't buy them with holes in it. You know you're old when you make a phone call to someone of a young, younger generation and then there's a voicemail and you leave a message for them, a detailed message on what you're calling for, right? About 10 minutes later, they call you back and they say, hey, what'd you want? <laughs> I see you called. Uh-huh. And I left you a voicemail and I told you what I wanted. So if you would just listen to the voicemail, you'd understand. Well, I don't listen to my voicemail, huh? Different languages. Where's... Anybody know what these are? Flip-flops. These are flip-flops. Now, in my generation, flip-flops are only supposed to be worn in the summer. When you go to camp, okay? Um, when you're at the beach, this is what you wear. Because you don't, you don't, it doesn't matter if sand gets in and all, it doesn't get stuck, you know what I mean? That's when you wear flip-flops. Now, I would only wear the flip-flops in the summer, but to a younger generation, this is the footwear of choice. I bet you there's a lot of people in here wearing flip-flops right now. Adam. Honey, Adam, seriously, what is up with that? Because we would never, never wear flip-flops to church. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We would never wear jeans with holes in them to church. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's what you do with flip-flops. Now, my daddy called these something different. He would say things like, and when you come in the door, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Take your thongs off. Or someone's gonna trip over your thongs. Honey, if you say that to a millennial today, they'll look at you like you're half crazy. What do you mean, thong? I'm not taking my thong off at the door. So today, in today's vernacular, today, I don't want to see your thong. I don't want to know what color it is. I don't want to know if you're wearing one or if you're not wearing one. Do you understand? Different generations have different meanings for different words. Wow. 
You'll never think of Fong the same way, will you? <laughs> the young, younger generation says these words. You old fogies, you're just so out of touch. Don't you know that the times have changed? Boomers, get out of the way. Move on already. And so what we do is we blame each other. The boomers blame the millennials, and the millennials blame the boomers, and we just continue to do this. We point fingers, we cast judgment, we have scowls, we have rolling of the eyes. I love it. I was, I was at a, uh, a memorial gathering for our dear Debbie and uh, Bruce and Sandra. This is their daughter that went home to be with Jesus. And you had a little, a little saying. He um, said, did I roll my eyes on the outside or something like that? And it's like, <laughs> there's times when we just roll our eyes at stuff, don't we? Sometimes I say to my kids and then they just roll, oh, dad. <laughs> so my question is, is this a current problem? Go to the next slide. You see, it's all your fault, boomers. It's all your fault, millennials. And we look at each other and we just, instead of embracing and loving, we just kind of look at blaming and judging and criticizing. So is this problem a current problem or is it a timeless problem? Well, let's see. They think they know everything and are always quite sure about it. Now, isn't that something that a, gener a younger, younger judgment might say? Yeah. Yep. They think they know everything. Actually, it was 4th century BC, Aristotle. Seems like a timeless problem. Next one. Probably there is no period in history in which young people have given such emphatic utterance to a tendency to reject that which is old and to wish for that which is new. Does that sound like something like today? Yeah. 1936, Portsmouth Evening News. Wow. What really distinguishes this generation from those before it is that it's, first, it's the first generation in American history to live so well and to complain so bitterly about it. 1993, Washington Post. Think about 1993 just for a minute. Honey, that was almost 30 years ago. 30! Oh my goodness. They're out of touch, hipsters, who spend too much on coffee and little on facial hair care. <laughs> Many are spoiled, entitled, or both. 2016, life set. Interesting. See, the older generation always feels that the younger generation is entitled. Guilty. I've looked at my kids sometimes as you are so entitled. You think you just get everything like that. Do you realize what I had to do to get what I got? I mean, I mean, there's um, stuff on both sides of the fence. We think that they're coddled. We think that they're never going to make it. And sometimes we verbalize that. The younger generation has always felt that the older generation criticizes them, is judgmental, is out of touch 
with the times. So what if all this criticism is really hurting us more than we know? You know what? If we can't laugh at our differences, I think we're in a really bad state. Sometimes we just need to lighten up. We need to love each other and love each other and the differences that we have. Okay, we walked in the snow uphill to school. Okay, let's laugh together about it. Times are different then. What if we're missing out on a great blessing because we're not willing to listen to each other? I need to listen to you, younger generation. Younger generation, you need to listen to me, older generation. What about if these differences are actually catalysts to something deep and meaningful that God wants to bring into us in the season that we're in? You see, things have increased exponentially in technology and learning things than what it was for decades in the past. When I first started ministry in 1970-something, we had overhead projectors. Yeah, that's how we communicated. I mean, I remember things were archaic that way. Now you've got Facebook, and Facebook is actually old school. It's just for old people. Yeah. A lot of young people have already ditched Facebook. Been there, done it, got the t-shirt. There's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's Twitter, there's LinkedIn, or LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Link, there's, got, there's that. There's a thing called Stack Overflow, never heard of it. Spotify, Venmo, Bitcoin. Somebody wanted to give us Bitcoin the other, the other day. Bitcoin, really? Just give me a dollar. I mean, I, there's digital missionaries. I never heard of a digital missionary until Craig stood up and said he was going to become a digital missionary. That is ministering in the season to our culture to reach a generation that needs to be affected for the gospel. Do you know that Craig has over a, is it a million followers on TikTok? I've never even been on TikTok. I mean, I don't know what it is, some kind of a video thing. And over a million people as he presents the gospel. That is in the season that we're in, ministering to the culture that we're in. QR code. I didn't know what a QR code was till last week. Some (laughs) square thing with black dots on it, and it's got information in it. And you're supposed to put your camera up to it, and and it'll tell you something. Give me a honking break. Let's go back to priorities in life. You want to hear the top two priorities in 1924 were? Here they are. Number one, to be a good church member, 1924, top priority. Number two priority in 1924, being obedient. Wow. Wow. 1999, top priority, tolerance. 1999, top priority number two, independent thinking. Fast forward to 2022. Hmm, What do you think of those now? Folks, we have to find a way to embrace the present. I love this scripture in Acts chapter 13. It says, for when David had served God's purpose 
in his own generation, he fell asleep. There has to be a way, friends, that we can serve this generation and fulfill God's purpose in this generation. How do we capture the wisdom of the past mixed with the currency of the present to impact a culture for eternity? We've got to package how we do things differently. This is cornflakes, 2022. You can go to the store and buy a box of cornflakes just like this and you can consume it. This is cornflakes, 1955. Cornflakes, it was just packaged a little differently. It looked a little different. Now, cornflakes is still cornflakes, right? The word of God is still the word of God. But we got to package how we do church differently. We can't do church the same way we did in 1972. Now, some of us older folks, we would, we would prefer that. Right. Don't keep changing things. I can't keep up with you. <laughs> there was a day when this was the only way to read the Bible. But we've changed how we package it. Because, look at this, the NASB, the uh, ESV, we have the NIV, and we have the Amplified, or what I call the Everlasting Version. And all of those Bibles are now on your phone. We didn't have that in 1972. But now we've packaged it differently with different versions to help people in this culture understand the word of God. The word of God is still the word of God. It's just packaged a little differently. So we got to do church differently without compromising the truth. Ah, oh, the music is too loud. I don't like the music so loud. Oh, I love the music. It's so loud. My heart's beeping. <laughs> yeah, I love it when it does that. When it's, when it's pounding. Oh, 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 yeah. And we do the holy hop. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and some of us older folks say, would you just sit down? <laughs> Give it a rest already. Oh, well, get some earplugs if it's too loud. We have earplugs in the vestibule. For you. Now, kids think it's candy. Oh, that's another old word. You don't understand it? It's called the foyer or the narthex or the big room outside this room. Why do they turn the lights down so low? I can't see where to go. Well, they come before the service starts. Did I say that with my outside voice? When we were pastoring in Laramie, Wyoming, we had fluorescent lights all the way up. 
And my 17-year-old son came to me and said, Dad, you really ought to turn those lights off. What do you mean, turn those lights off? Bless God, we've always had the lights straight up. I want to be in the light where we can be seen and what's going on. Dad, just listen to me, Dad. Just turn the lights off and use the, the scone lights. And the, and the, we, really? <laughs> hey. And we did. Now, why? Well, you see, some folks feel that they can worship the Lord better when the lights are more low. And they're not so worried about who's here, who's not here, who's sitting over here, who's, I mean, and, and we began to do that. And it started, and now look what we do here. It's amazing. Yep. I don't want to sing those old fuddy-duddy songs. <laughs> do I have to explain again how to use the computer? No. <laughs> Where's Ada? Ada, are you here? There's Ada. She's my assistant. (laughs) Sometimes I'll just, Ada, I don't know how to do this on the convention. I'm sure in her heart she's saying, oh, Stephen, (laughs) I've told you five times how to do Slack. I've told you five times. I'm sure she doesn't say it out loud. She goes, oh, of course, I'd be willing to help you. (laughs) There's something that I'd like to present to you about visions and dreams. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Young men, we need visions. Old men, we need dreams. We need both the old and the new or we will become extinct and we will become irrelevant. I don't like those kids making those noises. I don't like those kids pooping when they're not supposed to. You know what? Get over it. Kids are a blessing. We need to have kids doing stuff that they're not supposed to do at the wrong time. You see, some of us older generation, we feel this. We're not needed anymore. We have a hard time relating to, a, to a, a culture that keeps on changing at warp speed. We don't feel maybe like we have permission to serve in the church anymore. We think a little bit like, well, my ship has passed. My ship has sailed. I'm no longer relevant. Actually, I need to be put out to the pasture. Time's up for this old man. And sometimes this younger, younger generation feels, well, I'm too busy for God right now. Maybe later I'll have time for God. I've got enough on my plate with work and family and, and, and uh, all the fun stuff that I love to do, recreation. Hey, old man, if you can't tell me the difference between a PDF and a PNG, how in the world are you going to help me with life lessons? <laughs> Why should I come to you for advice when I can go to YouTube and get anything that I want anytime? Yep. I'm going to tell you this, that if we... If we don't intentionally come together, we miss the blessing. That's where sourdough comes in. <laughs> sourdough is, like any, is unlike any other bread because it uses a sourdough starter instead of dry yeast. A starter is fermented flour passed through a batch of sourdough. It's often referred to as mother dough. It is a living organism. When properly fed over a period of time, it gives life 
to endless loaves of bread. Catch the analogy here. A starter is referred to as a culture. There's the culture right there. And you know, I was told this last night by a baker. The more holes that there is in the culture, the better it is. The more holes, maybe the more dense, maybe the more scars, maybe the more things you've gone through and the holes in your life represent the quality, the things that really authenticate your life. That those holes are not for, to be wasted. That those holes are something that really make our substance something special. A culture is, is that of yeast and bacteria together. <laughs> Older generation, you carry a culture within you. Older generation, we carry a culture within us that we need to pass on to a younger generation. We need your texture. We need your crustiness. We need your white knuckle faith. We need your scars. We need the tethered tissue of your skin. We need your stories. Younger generation represents the gooey stuff. (laughs) We need your cynical nature, younger generation. We need your questions on why do we do what we do? Because you know what? Sometimes because it's just not good enough anymore. We need you to challenge our platitudes. We need you, your desire to make things better and relevant. We need you to help us box things differently. Without each other, old generation, we're just an old lump. Do they have to have so many tattoos? <laughs> I didn't know what a sleeve was of tattoos till like forever. And I was, oh, they got a sleeve. What do you mean they got a sleeve? They don't have a sleeve. I mean, there's, they got short sleeves. I don't, what are you talking about? No, I'm talking about their tats. Oh, oh, is that what a sleeve is? Oh, okay. Why is the guy leading worship wearing a hat? You don't wear a hat in church. Why don't we sing hymns anymore? Do we have to sing those new songs all the time? In our church in Laramie, we had one Sunday night, we had what I called a hymn sing. And I even borrowed hymn books. And all we did all night was just sing hymns. My son-in-law threw a fit. I'm not coming to that. Yes, you are. I don't want to sing those old fuddy-duddy hymns. They don't mean anything. And at the end of the night... He says, wow, there's some deep stuff in those hymns. Portable documents of theology in some of those hymns. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never fading. Wow. Without each other, younger generation, you're just like the wind. You are a tall, extra hot oak milk. Oat milk, no foam, half calf, extra sweet, sugar free, caramel macchiato with whipped cream and sugar free caramel drizzle. Wow. 
But when we're mixed together, hallelujah, it makes the best tasting bread that there ever was. These two cultures can change the world. 1 Peter chapter 5. Humility is what we need. The elders among you. Now, I know this is talking about elders in the church as far as overseers. But for a moment, to the older generation among you, I appeal. That means I warn you. That means I admonish you. That means I have a word for you as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering who will also share in his glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of the God's flock. That is under your care. Older generation, we have a responsibility to be shepherds over the younger folks. To love them, to care for them. It goes on to say, next one. Let, to the youth, let no one despise your youth. That means let no one look down on you because you're young. That means don't, let be, don't be intimidated because you're youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Keep on doing the holy hop. Keep on coming and loving Jesus. Keep on wearing your tattoos. Keep on wearing your hats in church. Because you're setting an example. Goes on to say this one. All of you. I looked up the word all in the Greek and it means everyone. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the pride but he shows favor to the humble. Come on. Once you get stirred up, this old fogey can still do it. Come on. So if you are 54 years of age and younger, I want you to stand up. 54 years of age and younger. I need a little bit more house light. Matt. Matthew, Luke. This represents grace. Remember Craig's sermon? This is grace coming to you, friend. Older generation to a younger generation. May grace stay with you. Grace is coming to you from us old fogies. May that grace stay with you. That means if you're sitting down, you're 55 or more. <laughs> David, this is grace coming to you. Oh, yeah, good man. That's, that's the younger generation giving grace to you. May grace stay with you. Younger generation, we need you. We need your uh, spunk. We need what you have in your life. We're, 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 not, we're only half-baked if we don't have that, what you give. Is that right? We need you. I don't want to miss this. We need your creative ideas. We need your adaptiveness to this culture. To all those that are sitting down, we need you to teach. We need your wisdom. We need your mentorship. We need you to disciple. We need you to invest. We need your wisdom. This is how we're going to close this morning. 
we're going to have the older generation praying for the younger generation. And we're going to have the younger generation praying for the older generation.